Warning, we are about to spoil Star vs. the Forces of Evil Season 4. If you haven't seen the show and you plan on watching it, leave now and come back later. But if you have seen it or you just don't care, then please stick around. So, we gonna record the lame opening joke? Wait, hold on. Let's try to think of a better one. Give us like three seconds. I think it's been a lot longer than three seconds. Mm, you're right. Marvel Blast! No, we're not doing that as an opening joke. That'd be stupid. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Cinema Roulette. What a journey it's been, ladies and gentlemen, going through this show. (laughs) Yeah, we are at the end of another long series fucking finally yeah um which number long series is this the second or third because we dropped the strain what was the did we do first was hannibal when we started having two separate okay so hannibal was technically the first long series quote unquote which hi if you're new here possibly from the star vs. force of evil subreddit if you are cool hey you guys have been really wholesome we want to thank you for that by the way yeah (laughs) same with the black lagoon subreddit you guys are awesome as well especially if you're still around but (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i I, we just want to thank those two groups especially black lagoon they've been fantastic they were just so excited to see what we were doing (laughs) but yeah if you're a new listener uh the way tv things work out i'll probably explain this quickly again at the end of the episode when we do spin uh we cover a long series which means three three to five seasons this time around between each season we watch a shorter show that is your one two seasons and star we finally fucking finished yes oh wait i said tell that means we have to go do the intro star vs. force of evil for season four There's the silence. I need to go quiet for at least five seconds. Yeah, we need to go quiet. <laughs> no, we are just talking before. <laughs> no, we weren't. You have no proof. Uh, I mean, I do, but I'm not going to post it. Like, who wants to listen to our raw footage? Like, honestly, fuck that. The FBI. That's who. Yeah. Uh, they already have. <laughs> okay. I, I'm debating on bantering or just going into the synopsis before we say any judgment of this season. Okay. Um, I vote we just go right into it. Just go right into I, the... I can, tell the we're in a, we're, I can tell we're in a mood tonight where we're getting easily distracted. Where we're what? Sorry, getting, you're getting cut off. Getting easily distracted. This is true. It totally hasn't taken us, like, what, 10 minutes to get to this point? 12, uh, actually, but yeah. That's more than 10. Yep. <laughs> okay. Imagine missing on 12, though. <laughs> they don't get that, and we're not explaining it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so it is a few weeks after the events of last season. Eclipse now runs the Butterfly Family part of Muni, which has become a place where monsters live freely with humans. Not everyone's happy about that. Star Marco and her father are 
uh, River have spent the whole time looking for Star's Mother Moon. Not that her... Never mind. Still unable to find her. All, all they find are fake moons and see that people haven't been taking the new leadership well. They do, however, get a clue and go oh, to Pie Island, an island of thieves and liars. They at first think it, this was a waste of time, but eventually do find Moon in a volcano and convince her to come home with them, even though she does her memory is still wiped due to the magic place, the magic realm. Oh, sir, are you still there? I'm just making sure. Yep, yep. Cool. We explained we this last. Need... <laughs> we explained this to the audience last time when I horribly stuttered over my words. Yeah, Cameron's computer is just garbage. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm getting a new one. Sorry. The show basically skips over Moon getting her memories back, and she, he has most of it by next episode. Yeah. And after that, she's just completely back to normal. Star takes Moon to Eclipsa, and they kind of hang out for a day. And show that Eclipse is now living in the monster castle back where Star had the party between humans and monsters. <clears throat> Excuse me. And also Eclipsa is working on trying to break out Globgore, her big old husband. Literally. Moon and Eclipsa have a surprisingly nice day before Moon decides to leave. Moon explains to Star that something doesn't feel right. She, she is okay with Star's choice to let Eclipsa rule, but will go out of the kingdom and live elsewhere with um, River. Star decides to stay be with Eclipsa till she feels that Eclipsa can run the kingdom on basically just trying to make sure her mess doesn't become worse. It, and this means for a good portion, Star, throughout the season, Star is just trying to help Eclipsa with popularity among the Mumins. The next bit is rather scattered and feels unconnected. We'll talk about it in a bit just try to keep up if you haven't if you're just listening to us instead of watching the show which i still highly recommend you do watch the show <gasps> okay eclipse is almost assassinated by yada yada berries these berries turn you into stone if you try to eat them star and marco try to find who did who started the whole thing but they come up empty-handed moon's camp slowly turns into a village since the humans still like her as a leader, so they make a community around her away from the monsters. Uh, Tom and Star are still dating, and Tom admits that he knew about Star and Marco's kiss in the booth, and is honestly just disappointed Star didn't tell him, and he had to bring it up. Kelly and Marco become just friends. Jenna is in Muni without explanation. This is actually important, which is kind of funny. Yeah. We find out Marco's strong feelings towards Star are actually due to a curse Tom put on the two of them back in Season 1 during the Blood Moon Ball. They get the curse lifted so the two can move on. Again, we'll talk about this. I'm trying just to get through. <laughs> Ludo is back. He was off in other dimensions, basically repeating his failures of Season 1 just with other versions of Marco and Star. But his brother Dennis finds him, takes him back to the old castle that he helped rebuild, and gets Ludo's gang back together. So now they want to steal Eclipse's wand. Moon leaves her little village to go get something from the castle and finds, uh, finds Mina there, or as we've called her throughout these, Sailor Moon. I will probably switch between the two. 
and Mina's been living there for God knows how long at this point. And she's like, hey, what if we brought back that army of mechs when we fought all the monsters? Also, we find out she was the one who was sending yada yada berries to Eclipsa's uh, town. Moon decides not to tell Eclipsa that uh, Mina is planning this, but also says she's going to stay out of the conflict. We talk a bit about how Marco is going to leave Muni at some point because he wants to go back home, help raise his uh, his sibling, and go to college and all that jazz. There's a lot, a lot of magic being used somewhere in the High Council blames Eclipsa, who says that she has nothing to do with it. It is probably uh, Sailor Moon making the mechs. Eclipsa has a spell with no name that can kill anything. It's basically a magic nuke. We see Eclipsa stole part, a piece of the old spell book that Star put in her secret closet. The spell book that was destroyed back in season three, but not completely destroyed. She uses some of Glossark's silk bugs in order to put it back together behind Star's back and wanted to find a spell to free Globgore from the crystallization. However, she actually goes inside his head and talks to him first, basically in a dream world, and he says... If the Mumins aren't ready for monsters yet, I shouldn't be let out because that will just ruin everything. Mm-hmm. Star is also a bit upset that Eclipsa did this behind her back, but is okay since she is saying that she doesn't want to free Globgore yet. Anyway, back to an actual flowing narrative. Uh, Eclipsa is going to a coronation at, as the new official queen. She hadn't been coronated up to that point. They still haven't... No, no, hold on. I I do have a script here. I will explain later. <laughs> this is the only time we've used a script on this show. It only took us a hundred and something episodes. Yeah, really. I'm not going to keep doing this because it's annoying. That's uh, <laughs> fair. Hey, you're the synopsis, uh, man. So. But basically, they're doing this because they're hoping it's some good PR with the Mumins. I mean, there were other attempts, but those were one-off episodes get to that uh there's a lot of stuff we'll get to yeah there's a lot to talk about this season not always positive uh but (laughs) on the day right before like literally as the event is starting globgore has escaped he's been freed from the the crystal the magic high council who is at the coronation instantly arrests eclipsa and meteora assuming eclipsa did all this just all this as a ruse just to free her husband and cause chaos Star does kind of feel betrayed, but asks where the hell Globgore would be going. Goes and sees him, and turns out he's running away because he wants nothing bad to happen to Meteor or Eclipsa. However, since Star explains like they're already arrested, he comes back. And before he can really explain anything, the High Council attacks him. They get in a fight, which causes a stage to catch on fire, puts Meteor in danger, and um, Globgore kind of ends the entire battle just to save his daughter. The Mumins are like, oh, hey, that's that's actually not a very monstrous thing to do. It's almost like they're people. <laughs> and Star also figures out that Romulus is the one that freed him, and Romulus admits that he was doing it just to try and make Eclipsa look bad because he's a dick. <laughs> uh, Romulus gets arrested. The people understand he isn't really that as bad as the story is making him out to be. And finally... Eclipsa and her husband can help rule, and the Mumins are okay with it. At least that's what it seems. Yeah. Some of them are. <laughs> the 
And with this, Star feels free that she can finally take a break from trying to help everyone. Marco goes back home and to see now his sister, who was originally brother last season. They make a joke about it. It's fine. Uh, and Star plans a vacation with Tom, but keeps putting it off and then admits that she still, even after all this, isn't emotionally ready to go on, to like just go and relax and see the world and ask Tom just for some space. And she decides to go back to uh, Marco's. Um, we got a nice episode about where we see all the, how all the earth characters are doing. Marco meets up with Jackie who has moved on, but with no bareness and got herself a French lesbian girl. So that's cool. Yeah. They got away with it. And I love it. Next we have beach day. This is a day that has been built up throughout the season so far. Father time gave star a photo from the future of her and Marco at the beach, looking at, as happy as can be. The day finally happens as Star gets the photo and instantly makes a portal back to Father Time. This this part gets intense. <laughs> Jesus fuck. Yeah, it does. She's mad because she thought the photo would, would mean she would be happy and relaxed and could move on from all the shit she's had to deal with from last season and this one but she is still full of emotion and still confused about just her herself. And he tells her that she gave it to him to give to her past self, basically giving her something to look forward to after all these tough times, as these tough times happen. She gets in a bit of a debate on if, if this technical lie is worth it and then realizing yes that was actually very helpful to have some sort of light at the end of this tunnel mm -hmm. and also that completes the loop and probably didn't break time so that's nice yeah uh, time uh, time is funny like that <laughs> also father time says well everything's about to get a lot worse so next episode tom breaks up with star after after their uh breakup tom well, okay, hold on. After their break, Tom realized they are such different people that it won't feel right to him if, and that Star just deserves better. Tom try as they're both rather emotional. Tom tries to leave, but neither him or Star or even Marco can make a portal back. They assume it is just that they are all too emotional at the moment to focus enough to use magic, but eventually realize it is no longer working. Then they were, and they're like, oh, fuck, something's probably going on in Muni. I also forgot to mention, uh, there was an episode involving uh, Meteora and uh, Marco's little sister. The only really important part here is that Hakapu comes in and tells Marco, hey, shit's going to happen on Muni. Don't come. It's like, okay. But they figure out something's going on in Muni, and the only person who would know how to get there is Jenna, because... They never figured out how she got there. And ne and Jenna doesn't know either. They retrace her steps and they find the potholes that lead back to the magic realm. Mm -hmm. And now you, since the script is gone, you are going to get more Oz and Justin is going to be very annoyed editing that. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, at least most of your job is easy. Yep. 
So they start throwing stuff down the portal to try and get the unicorn's attention. They do, but the unicorn's just like, don't. Don't come in here. Stay out. They go down anyway and tell the unicorn, hey, pull us over to Muni. We need to get there. The group falls into the the magic problem. Uh, the magic realm problem of losing their memory and just getting high as a kite, basically. It's literally that, yeah. <laughs> also, there's purple goo everywhere. Mm-hmm. There's evil creeping back into here. And eventually, they, uh, after they fuck around for a bit, the unicorn teleports uh, Marco, Star, and Jenna to Muni. Tom did go with them, but we'll get back to that. On Muni, uh, the mechs... Well, Sailor Moon is attacking the, the monster town. The Magic Council is working with her. And uh, Globgor tries to fight... I, uh, Globgor tries to fight the mech, but gets slashed by a sword that basic just one stab, you will basically die at some point. Like it, it slowly spreads magic through you till you die. And... You don't even know how you die because the show doesn't, well, show it. But it actually did show it very violently. well. It did show it later. Yeah, they implied it to be much worse though. They did. Eclipsa does fight with the mech, but the. The episode has one of the worst cliffhangers as she's getting beaten down by one of the robots and that just ends. Then we come back. Star Team Star comes in. They try to fight. They try to fight the mech with magic. They try to throw basically all the explosives they have at it. And then Eclipsa uses the spell with no name, which does take it out. However, uh, Marco finally catches up because he actually saw earlier that uh, the Magic High Council and Sailor Moon were planning to attack. And he's like, yeah, that mech isn't her. Yeah, uh, she she has an army of, like, hundreds of these mechs. Yeah. So, so that becomes a problem. Mm-hmm. And they don't want to use the death spell again because that... We see it, like, go through the mech, but then it, go, it destroys the land and goes, like, right through a mountain. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a nuke option. Yes, it works, but also you destroy civilization. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, luckily, Moon and River show up. And Star, Star and Marco actually go off a bit as they're trying to think of a plan. Star, admit, Star and Marco admit they still love each other. They kiss. It's lovely. And Moon tells Eclipsa to give up. Because Moon has been behind them. The in- well, almost the entire time. Yep. The reason uh, Globgor was let free was because of what of Moon's planning. The reason for this whole mech army was Moon's planning. Also, these mechs were from hundreds of years ago that were used to kill monsters. Just to make sure I mention this. Moon thinks she's in charge of Mina, tries to basically say, okay, uh, Eclipsa gave up. Please just, we, we can stop now. We can just stop. We don't have to finish this. Because she gave the deal of Eclipsa and her husband and baby. Go and just leave and go off to another dimension. They're allowed to live. Moon gets the kingdom back. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work. Because uh, Sailor Moon is a double-crossing bitch who swore her loyalty to a different queen so it does the magic doesn't work it's not really explained but go with it 
Luckily, Hakapu saves everyone right before Sailor Moon just stabs them all. Yep. And they go to a they go to a tavern at the edge of the world. And Star decides, you know what? What if we just got rid of all magic? Yep. There's something I could make a joke about here, but that's technically a spoiler for something else. Including, and I don't even know it. Yeah, you don't even know it. <laughs> so I'm with you, audience. <laughs> Someone will know. Maybe. I don't know. My brain works this way. <laughs> but okay. We get to the final episode. Everyone goes into the magic dimension. Tom has actually been trapped here the entire time. <laughs> Andy, oh, wait, Andy one last thing. Huh? Uh, Star came up to his plan while talking to uh, Glossrick. Basically showed that if she goes through with this plan, she will not be with Marco. You will save the world, but you will lose the person you just admitted you not that he's dead, he just, they won't be able to see each other because they can't make portals anymore. Yeah, because, you know, like the title says, they're from another dimension. And magic is needed to do that. Yep. But they go to destroy the magic dimension. They also find that Glossrick's pudding stops the effects of the magic dimension. Because he's an asshole and doesn't <laughs> tell people things. Yeah. Uh, Tom and Marco fight. Marco gets stabbed by a unicorn, but this doesn't really do anything. Mm. <laughs> like, they kind of build it up as something that's going to happen. It doesn't do anything. Yeah. Uh, Eclipsa and Moon come in to also help destroy the dimension. Sailor Moon, or Mina, jumps down to... Does eventually find where they are and jumps in, but just gets fucking mauled by one of the, un <laughs> one of the evil unicorns. It's pretty fucked. And luckily, the magic starts to break right before the unicorn could stop them from destroying the magic. However, now, because the um, star tries to send Marco up his portal to Earth and tries to go up to hers, go up to Muni. However, has second thoughts and jumps down. Marco did as well, and both the both the pathways are broken, so the two hug, probably expecting to die. <laughs> You know, for kids. Yeah. But the uh, the two wake up in their own dimensions. The High Council is dead, by the way. <laughs> yeah, straight up. Like, literally, like all that's left because, you know, there, there's, there's a guy with the crystal, but it's literally he's just a normal crystal and there's two snakes by the side. And the skull guy, literally just a skull. That's it. They're dead. Yep. And I, I assume Hekapu just poofed out of existence. Yeah, presumably since she was, I guess, made of magic. So... <laughs> Yeah, um, they do, they do think that, uh, well, Star thinks that it's lost, that she will never see Marco again, but Sun, when the two hugged in the dimension as it cru as it crumbled, the words are hard, a kind of, their, um, Star's kind of barfly portal started to appear beneath them, and the two in both their dimensions see that portal and run towards it. Marco trips right before he can go through it, so he thinks he missed it, but it turns out both dimensions kind of collided and mixed into one. Star and Marco say hello to each other, and the show ends. Whew. 
Good job. I'm proud of you. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> now, there is one thing that uh, consistent viewers will realize. We separated the art. Well, besides season one, season two and season three, we split two parts. And that sounded like a lot of story stuff. However, we did split into two parts. We recorded part one, but the first 14 episodes of this show are the scattered part with very little plot. Yeah, we recorded the episode and it ended up being, I think, like 50 minutes or something. And we realized that it wasn't that interesting because the show itself wasn't that interesting. And we were kind of just kind of padding it out, I think. So this was a much more coherent and easier way to do it. Well, we hope so. <laughs> uh, at least we we can hope. So far, I think we're doing better. Yeah. So do we get the bad out of the way before we talk about the story? Mm-hmm. Okay. So besides the opening first two or three episodes, a lot of this is one-offs, and some of them just don't fucking matter. The Ludo one, real... Remember how I brought up Ludo in this? Yeah, he never comes back. He's a one-off joke in the end. Yeah, they 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 just drop completely drop his storyline. Uh, that that I just found hilarious. Like every other character I think like they brought up in the ending or whatever, he, his his whole thing was just dropped completely. <laughs> He's just gone. I was Okay, uh actually when we went through the first half of the show, I kept making the joke about how Jackie just isn't mentioned. She technically gets more screen time than Ludo by the Yeah. <laughs> and technically more plot relevance too in the yes. finale because she gives Marco the skateboard. That's true. <laughs> um but Yeah, man. But yeah, so, without getting redundant, it really hurt the pacing of the show to have all these one-offs, especially when so much happened in season 3. Which I don't think, I think it would have been really hard for the show to get close or top season three, but this was such a fucking downgrade in comparison and the thing for the is, first half. And the thing is, you know, I understand slowing down a little after the fucking emotional roller coaster that season three was, but I, I don't understand slowing down for literally the first half of an entire season. Yeah, it just it took way too much time to get going, which is after episode 14. Yeah, literally <laughs> that's the mid season point. So like, yeah. and he, you know, and we had this feeling when we started the, for the, the beginning of season four, um, something just fell off and I couldn't tell if that was deliberately built up. You know, we're showing a uh, fallen kingdom. It's confusing and all that, but Literally, it's just, I think the writers, did ha they had things they wanted to do, but they had no idea where they were going with it, it felt. Yeah, it feels like they wanted another season and suddenly were told they were not getting one. Mm -hmm. So they just, they kind of stumbled trying to find the point of this season. Yeah. Before we get into the big problem with that is technically part of the main story, mm. let's talk Ponyhead. Oh, dear Christ. Um, what have they done with you, Ponyhead? <laughs> My God. Uh, giving her too much scream time. Uh, That's what they did. So here's the thing about Ponyhead. In the first two seasons, they used her sparingly here and there. She was part of episodes, and she was kind of funny, really. She had some good lines. But 
starting a little bit in season three, but especially in season four, they have entire episodes dedicated to Ponyhead, and they are painful to sit through because it feels like they a gave them to a different writer and just b how the character is. It's just it's too much Ponyhead, like. Guys, when you have a character who's supposed to be annoying, having them on screen for an entire episode is really annoying. And there's like, what, three episodes this season entire, well, I should say segments entirely dedicated to Ponyhead? Yeah. And one of them is honestly the worst the show ever get. Like, out of all the seasons, there is a one one episode or one segment, whatever you want to call it. That is the worst of the entire show. Sorry, since we re- since we re-recorded this, I'm forgetting that. Yeah, we have to talk about all this again. <laughs> we do, yes. Oh God, yeah, that episode is so fucking painful. Let's let's talk about that. Okay, setup of this uh, episode is Eclipsa gets kidnapped, so Star Ponyhead and Marco are going around trying to find trying to find the kidnappers as Ponyhead texts their location the entire time. Wow. How are they one step ahead of us? <laughs> oh, I forgot to mention this also ties back to the Air Ponyhead episode. She started her own Ponyhead show. It's and so she goddamn keeps talking to all her followers. And she's constantly being followed around by a TV camera. It's so fucking annoying. It's so annoying. It's just the least funny joke. And, like hey you know what's fun watching an egotist be an egotist and not get punished for it yeah like it'd be one thing if she like realizes she's a piece of shit and they do address it in the one episode in season three with the hospital or whatever but there's no resolution to that she never learns a lesson she just continues to be a piece of shit yeah or again just punishing her like you know she he gets in front of the camera all of a sudden falls on her whatever you know slapstick it's (sighs) but anyway they do find Eclipsa because Pony had set this all up because the drama was supposed would bring in the views and give people to like Eclipsa more. And it works. And then the show completely never mentions this again because that was stupid. It, it, and it turns out because there were these like evil group of people that like fought her and she had like this octopus thing on her head. Turns out it was just a VR headset. It was all a prank. Yeah. And it is just absolutely in infuriating to listen like by the end like when they were starting to explain everything i just like held my head just like oh god here we go (laughs) we honestly had to just stop watching at that point it was like okay that's the watch session for tonight i'm not watching more (laughs) we were we we were worried that it would be an emotional reason we had to stop now it was just more well technically an emotion but it was just more annoyance than actually being sad or something i would have rather it punched our gut and be sad than just be this fucking annoyed in an episode yeah pony has just a pain throughout the season they wrote it sounds like a 40 year old trying to write a teenager yeah (laughs) but yeah i think that's all we have to say on pony head yeah just she she is she she became a really annoying character in the season is and is one of the weakest parts of it in summary <laughs> yeah um i'm trying to think before talking about if there's anything else to like quickly mention mm, any other one-offs you can think of or i think that's that any bad one off yeah. like the one-offs aren't bad by any means as they're standing on their own they're fine they are fun episodes 
but after how much story there was last season it just it's like can we get to a point please yeah like i'm not i'm not expecting you to match season three season three was phenomenal and just uh, in every way an emotional punch and slap to the face simultaneously but it's like yeah. I expected something better. Like th- this is like you know it, it's just average. It's just bad. But it's not like horrible. It's just bad by the standards of Star. The show can do better. We know you can show. What the fuck? Yeah, I would really like to know what happened behind the scenes. Yeah, because it really feels like the uh, the main writers took a break or something, and then these people had no idea what they're doing, and then for the last half they're like, okay, we're coming back to fix this mess. Yeah, because the last uh, seven episodes, fantastic, all of them. Oh, Jesus Christ. It really makes me, like, kind of upset because I'm wishing they, like, got to that sooner. And they kept that up for the whole season. But, oh, we have, you have to sit through a half of just, like, one-offs and just aimlessly wandering, it feels like, with the plot before you get to it. Yeah, honestly. Because, yeah, not only are they, is it good plot-wise, they're intense, they're emotional, there's good character moments, and it is actually a very, very, very satisfying ending. I really liked it. Very satisfying ending. It's been too. a while since I've had a TV show with that satisfying of an ending. Um, And before we get to the good, the Blood Moon. Jesus Christ. The studio mandate. I don't know if it's actually a studio mandate. But it felt like it. Yeah, it really feels like they stepped in and said, yo, do this. Um, But there's an episode where they have to recreate the Blood Moon Ball of Tom because Marco's realizing he has feelings with her. And turns out it's all just a curse. Which, when we were watching this and, you know, uh, we didn't know where it was going to go, we were like, man, that felt like a fucking cop-out. Like, that was just lazy. (laughs) Yeah, also, I'm like... All this time when there was this really good drama between a really good will they won't they thing, which is rare in television in general. Yeah, because that's the thing, and that's why it was aggravating because they really played with that because it's human. It's like playing with human emotions, and those are very relatable. Human emotions is the thing, like, and they're playing with you know themes of yeah, well, you could like someone, but then they don't like you, and then you're just torturing yourself, and you have to try to move on. And they they like the HR, but they don't like each other, and it just it it was very natural. It it felt it was really good character development, and it was really good that they tackled that. But nope, it was all just a curse. It was all just a curse. But which I know what people are going to say. We'll get to that in one second. Yep. But right here, the. All I could think of in this moment is, why isn't Marco being the shit out of Tom? Because if they just kept with this of it was a curse, Marco threw away his, like, grade school crush that he could have had all because of a fucking curse that Tom decided not to mention like a year or two. Yeah, like, Tom effectively ruined his relationship with Jackie and caused them to break up. Why is he not mad at this? Like, at all. He threw away his life at home. He, he's been here far away from his yeah. fucking family. Put his life in danger multiple times, all because of. If they stuck with this, all because of this curse. Yep. So yeah, that's just kind of out of character. So and that's why that's when we started to get worried. We were like, "Is Jackie just not going to be mentioned this season? <laughs> Is Jackie just gone?" And thankfully, they do bring her up, but. <laughs> With her lesbian French girlfriend. 
which is and that's a great positive with the show and they actually couldn't say girlfriend they just had to imply it through the dialogue because she went to france and quote unquote found out a lot about herself (laughs) yep and then they just they're always together whenever they're on screen and uh in that episode they go away holding hands on this yep so they got it past the disney censors who still are not doing the big gay no they did the uh, gay in a show later yeah but that, at this point, they were still afraid to do it. Also, in case you weren't part of the internet culture, the the big gay was uh, a bunch of shows had lesbian kisses in them, like just openly. It was nice. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll mute it just in case. But yeah. if you know about the multiple kisses that happened, they were nice. Yes, they were good. Nice representation. Exactly. It was great to see. Like Cartoon Network did it, Nick did it, and then Disney was just like, nah, we're not doing that yet. <laughs> um well no disney during the biggest moment that that disney did do it but anyway yeah. that is off topic yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> the blood moon uh the other part is it, it doesn't matter because they have feelings for each other anyway nothing was really broken you know well one uh when tom breaks up with star he tells Marco, like, yeah, sure, there was the curse, but come on, man. you got to like her a bit. Yeah, and he was like, you know, it's okay if you date her. I'm not going to be mad at her or anything. <laughs> and also, uh, later on, when they do finally kiss, well, kiss again, technically, because yeah. they did in the booth. But uh, Marco says, yeah, he's had that feeling for her ever since they met. That line right there really feels like a studio mandating line. <laughs> It did because, especially because during the, the ceremony that lifted the blood moon curse, it was, it looked a lot clearer that star was kind of hurt that Marco said, Oh, it worked. Yeah. She was very clearly giving a face of, I still have feelings. And I was like, well, then that would have been clever because then the roles would be reversed. Star now has them and Marco doesn't. So we can play with that, but no. But no, yeah, just that whole Blood Moon thing was completely pointless and we did not it. No, it was probably the weakest plot point of the show, if I'm being honest. No, it wasn't because there was the Poehead episode. Well, I meant like main plot point. Like, uh... There weren't many missteps in the main plot when it happened in this season, but that was one of them. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's all the bad. Yeah, and unfortunately, it lasts half a season before it actually comes back and gets really, really good again. And, you know, it it is still worth watching because when it gets good, it's really fucking good. Yeah, the the last seven episodes are so good. Oh, it's phenomenal. Like, when we got to those after watching that first half, we're like, what is this? The show's being clever and has some good twists and turns and has some emotional stakes. Where was this all season? Honestly. Oh, man. And it it was thrilling, if I'm being honest, that conclusion. I loved it. (laughs) My God. (laughs) Where do we start with this? Because there's a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, what do you feel like starting with? Actually, you know, we were just talking about a relationship. Let's continue with uh, the Tom and Star breakup because that was handled way better. Oh, okay. I was. Oh, yeah. We didn't talk about the episode where they break up, do we? <laughs> we what? Do we didn't really talk about the episode where they broke up, did we? No. And also, I think we mentioned this back in season three that we knew something about season four. We did. 
I knew, and then uh, I did tell Cameron that Marco and Star got together. We knew that for a good while. Yeah. Thanks, Aaron, for spoiling it. But yeah. <laughs> Um, but the way it was handled was really fucking good, if I'm being honest. Way better. Yeah. Way better than I thought it would be handled. I was really worried it was going to do the TV show thing where it was like, oh, see, they, with the will, they won't, they, they won't because the person found this person. But, oh, no, turns out the person they love is a massive asshole, has a weird freak out, so yep. they break up. Yep. Thank God they didn't do that. Yeah, the the reason Tom breaks up with Star sounds reasonable. It doesn't sound like just something that came out of nowhere. Is it because like he doesn't think it'll work or they're compatible or something? Yeah, they. He's like, we're so they're so different that it's like eventually this won't work out. Yeah, and here's the thing: Tom breaking up with Star was really well handled. I just wish that there had been a better build up to it. Because that whole Blood Moon Ball thing and shit was just really annoying and stupid. I really wish that there was more, a little bit more of an arc to build up to their eventual breakup. They did try to cover the ground, uh, like the episode where she's going, trying to go off with him, but it just just keeps stalling. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it would have been nice if they used you know any of the. Uh, 12 episodes the first two episodes of the season are fine yeah the 12 episodes to build it up at all yeah but uh, i was very th i was thankfully very pleased with how they handled the breakup and how marco and star got together was also really well handled if i'm being honest that was really cute honestly. yeah that was i really liked that um i have to say too about the tom breakup episode we got back to that like slapstick stuff from season one and it's still fucking hilarious <laughs> It's still fucking what? Hilarious. Yeah. The Oh my god. Also yeah, the comedy also felt off in yeah. those fourteen episodes, but then this. <laughs> and I, I was because there's the one where like they literally freeze the helicopter pilot, but then they never unfreeze him. But eventually it thaws out at the end of the episode, she's like, okay, smiles, and you just see the background near boom, big explosion. <laughs> and the helicopter crashes and just blows up. Uh Oh, it's just, it's just that really fast paced, just really dark, destructive slapstick that I loved in season one that thankfully made a comeback. It was great. <laughs> oh, um, but yeah, let's talk. Do you want, do you want to segue into Marco and star then? Since that feels natural. Segue into what? Marco and star then? Since that feels natural. Yeah, it feels natural. No, right. <laughs> except if we were to like mention that it would feel natural switching over it. Ah, true. Mm. But that let's not similar. do that. Nah. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, uh, yeah, Marco and Star's relationship, at, especially at the end, that's just so... It worked out way better than I thought it would. I was so worried it would feel way too forced. Mm -hmm. But no, the, the, the good writers were back at this point, and they handled it very well. And it was really cute and well handled. <laughs> I still feel the Faux Booth episode back in Season 3 was a bit... Eh, yeah, but... Here it does feel natural as they admit as they admit they like each other and just the moment when they're down in the magic realm as it crumbles is so oh, good. It's so emotional. I loved it. Oh man. Uh God. Yeah, the ending got really, really emotional with their relationship. It was great. <laughs> yeah, it was 
it was just really i applaud the writers here yes. they did a will they won't they that didn't suck no <laughs> and it ended up really working out at the end and man that tension at the end when they're running towards the portal i'm like come on you can make it no <laughs> Uh, I was going to say it's like something, but we again, spoilers. <laughs> God damn it. I think I actually know what you're talking about this time. You do. We, we've covered it on the yep, show. That we have, but we're not going to say what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuckers. 100 episodes. Figure it out. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that was really well handled. Um, The animation's still fucking gorgeous. Hell, it takes a step up during the action scenes. That's for sure. Those were fucking rad as shit. <laughs> The ending shot of Earth and Muni mixed is fucking gorgeous. Oh, yeah. It's so pretty to look at. Oh, man. I don't know how to... Oh, actually, another episode of just Star and Marco, the beach episode, that ending moment it that hit. has a lot of interpretations. <laughs> it has a lot of interpretations, not, not to mention the fact that it's, you know, the sci-fi concept of time that I love and that's so thought-provoking and d- delves into, you know, themes of fatalism and, like, stuff that's meant to happen and blah, 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 blah. Um, but there was a weird implication in a way that it could have been interpreted. Is that, like, you know, is it okay to lie to yourself just to, to keep yourself happy, even if it's false? Yeah, is it... Is it okay to have false hope just to get through the tough time? Yeah, it brings that up, and <laughs> I don't even know if it answers it or not. But yeah, there's a lot of interpretation, and just a lot of really deep... It frankly got really deep with the discussion of time and shit. Yeah, like... <laughs> it just isn't better to deal... To just try to force your way through the tough times, or... Is it okay to have something there, even if it could be false? Yeah, exactly. It, I, that's something I missed throughout the season was yeah. moments like that that were actually like, like would bring it up to kids in a way too. Like it's questions as an adult that are hard to fucking answer, but even for kids, it'd be like something for them to actually think about yeah i didn't expect it to like be this deep and this thought-provoking like especially with how the rest of season four was going so (laughs) yeah it it does just feel like they had all the writers were gone until now it's so weird it does i have no idea what happened behind the scenes but if it was I, i i would completely get if it was a writer's thing like maybe the writers went off or something like that um, but if it was a creative decision, it was a bad one. I'm sorry. It was a bad choice. <laughs> yes. If that was on purpose, shame on you. Why did you ruin a good thing? Yeah, honestly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it's unfortunate. That four staff is just unfortunate because it get, when it gets good, it gets really fucking good. But man, it's a slog, that first half. <laughs> Hey, remember when we mentioned that this thing might crash?
In the meantime, I've been enjoying a shamrock <laughs> shake. Now you're probably wondering yourself, Cameron, how did you get a shamrock shake? Shamrock shakes aren't in season, and it's not St. Patrick's Day. Well, you go to Swenson's, you order mint, and you order vanilla, and it's essentially the same thing. Now I thought it was going to be a mintier mint, but no, it's a sweeter mint. It's like a peppermint instead of a mint mint. So, it's a shamrock shake, and I don't even fucking care. There, life hacks from Cameron. We're back. So yes, continue with your little segue. Yeah, I was going to talk about a one-off episode because there's the episode where Hakapu tells Marco, yo, don't do that. Um, She leaves a portal open and he was babysitting his little sister, Meteora, and they both crawl into the portal to the land of buff Marco. Him and Star go over there to try and find, uh, to try and find them. Turns out they were raised by a witch. Uh, they try to bring Marco and Star to a uh, Final Fantasy villain to sacrifice Star so that way Marco's sister can get magic powers like Meteora. They fight off the Final Fantasy villain, works out, and eventually do get to... By offering the fact that Earth has food that is good and not bugs... <laughs> Because time works the differently, they'd event, they'd basically be babies and have to grow up all over again. And they're like, we don't want that. We've built a life. But guys, there's food. There's food. Pizza. It's great. And nachos, because every kid show, the nachos are the shit. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, but the fun thing that's implied here is that Marco's sister and Meteor kind of have a relationship. Yeah, there's again, no... So... Oh, sorry. Uh, I was going to say, again, another uh, lesbian... So our couple, which is cool. Yeah. And and the thing, this one is way more subtle because they, there's no lines that like hint to that or like really over themes or anything like Jackie. But the vibes, man, <laughs> I got the vibes. Well, there is the implication of like, well, wait, we'll be we'll still be able to see each other. Right. Yeah. Like just, the I mean, whole reason they don't want to go back yeah. is because they might fall apart. Yes. And um well, because and that could just be taken as close friends, though. They never overtly say lesbians, but man, I got lesbian vibes I'm, off them. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not a history teacher, so I'm not going to just say they were good friends. What do history teachers have to do with that? Uh, uh, there's a whole thing where if you pay attention to history classes, any person who is actually like gay in history, they'll be like, oh, no, that's just because they were good friends. If you read really? like letters they sent. Yeah. Oh, it happens all the time. Just because of, you know, back then homophobia and shit. Back then, it still happens now. <laughs> it does, but... <laughs> yeah, it's like, these two were close friends. If you read their... If you, like, look up letters they sent... The two people yeah. sent between each other, it's like, I will want to never leave you. I want you to ride me like a stallion. Uh, yeah. Good friends. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Leonardo DiCaprio and that one person that hung out with him all the time, just friends. <laughs> Or sorry, Leonardo da Vinci, not DiCaprio. Wow, thanks, uh, yes. <laughs> my favorite historical figure, Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, yeah, yeah. Wasn't there like a da Vinci had like an assistant or something that he hung out with all the time that he was good friends with? <laughs> uh, that was one thing. That that was one person who had uh, good friends. Yeah. There were a lot of those Spartans, hella gay. <laughs> Samurai had a giant orgy after yeah. passing a well canceling a law that would have made gay marriage illegal or well being gay illegal <laughs> yeah that's for a different podcast oh though. but it's so fun to talk about sorry girl, here. We'll, we'll get back on track here lesbian vibes 
yeah just it's really cute to see representation it like that and is it and doesn't feel forced no i love that that's amazing Mwah. also that final fantasy ass villain is just oh he was God. so well animated oh. he had such such personality it was great it was so amazing oh man yeah i mean <laughs> i would say i had the hots for him but man you know that that stomach mouth kind of i don't know you're just being negative. I you guess. can be making out and get sucked. I guess. You know what? I guess I could. Couldn't I? <laughs> you know what? That doesn't sound half bad. <laughs> I'm so happy we make jokes like this while we're talking about the kids' show. <laughs> I marked these as explicit, though, so. Dude, fucking, he was totally gay. Come on. <laughs> there were some vibes there, too. Oh, I let him ride um... me like a horse. I mean, uh. Ah, <laughs> oh, you want to be good friends? Yes. <laughs> That's what we should do now. Just anytime there's a, an obvious couple, just be like, oh, good friends. They're good friends. <laughs> yes. I guess for another one-off, because segues are hard. Uh, they go. This is actually part of the turbulent part of the show, but they go back to Quest Buy because it's closing. Okay, because the show's ending, so we need to wrap things up. Mm-hmm. And honestly, the ending just floored us because it was funny <laughs> as hell. Because I'll mention this briefly, in the season there were a lot of thi- uh, a lot of very abrupt endings in that first part, um, but this was one where the abrupt ending worked, and it was a joke, and it was fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, because the whole setup here is uh, Quest Buy's closing, they and you know it's a big rush because everything's on sale, so the place is packed. Jana steals a uniform so they can go to the back. However, the back room is cursed in the way that it will always make what you want appear. And there's even a Quest Buy employee who, like, tells them after they've messed around for a bit, yeah, you'll never want to leave. You'll, you'll just keep getting what you want and then go. All right, I'll get your cages ready. <laughs> and then Star just says, yeah, we're good friends. We have friendship. We don't need any of this. Yes. That, even though Marco clearly gets kind of distraught near the end, yeah. they just walk out. Well, it no. Ends. Well, here's the thing. Marco still gets the 16 wallets because he needs those for his lifetime. Yes, but that's it. That's what he came here. He's for. going to lose. So, <laughs> oh brain, don't go down that rabbit hole. What? Well, I was just thinking about how Muni is mixes with Earth at the end. Yeah, Muni has hell. Like that's not a debate thing. There's hell. There's demon. Tom's a demon. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's a demon. I've seen some demons. That's a demon. <laughs> that's a demon. How the. How will that mess up religion in, yeah. in, in Earth world? And actually, to go even further down that rabbit hole briefly, um, heaven and hell exist on Earth. What if there is another heaven and hell, and then that just merged with that heaven and hell? What happens then? <laughs> oh, shit. Like, not only the Wait, Earth Tom's is... all the way in Michigan? Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> Man, it's fu- funny how time works. Ah. <laughs> uh, interesting anyway we should probably get out of that rabbit hole before shit gets too weird <laughs> it's true well let me just put some dirt on that okay all right <laughs> oh it fell down the hole ah, well. <laughs> where the dirt go it's in the hole <laughs> but yeah that abrupt ending just worked i because i even jokingly said where they just go walk out it did. <laughs> it did it was great <laughs> mark is like we gotta save the babies and jenna and star were thankfully there they're like nah man let's go and then they go they leave it's great I'm trying to think of what else mm. 
Because like I said earlier, the action was really fucking cool. It was like anime style, like action, like that level of just awesomeness. Yeah, that level of just, especially with um, Eclipse's attacks, just the <sighs> fluid motion of everything has such weight to it. It's great. It's so cool. And I love the fight between Globgore and the giant robot as well, because like he did the whole thing where he shrinks and goes up again. I'm like, this is some Ant-Man shit, and that shit is just cool. I love that. <laughs> Oh, we didn't mention that because we mentioned it last recording. If yeah. Bringing it up here, um, the episode where Eclipse goes in Globgore's, uh, brain. Yeah. That's actually a really relieving moment to see how Globgore is such a good person, and there's a lot of cuteness to the animation there. Like yeah. they're walking through the woods, and uh, Eclipse goes up on a branch, but Globgore can grow and shrink, so he grows to stay eye level with her and shrinks down when she gets down yeah it's a very subtle growth and shrink but it's really cool and well done with how just fluid it flows i love that shot that shot i love so much <laughs> yeah i was like that's such a clever little thing to do yeah. <laughs> oh yeah uh, that that whole section was just beautifully animated yeah and i am happy they also didn't just go with the e clips of it. or glob gore is as bad as everyone says that was a nice yeah. change I mean, it's pretty, thinking about it as a Disney show, it's pretty obvious that's what would have happened is that he wouldn't be evil, but still. Yeah, it was nice to actually did like stick with it and say, yeah, these people are not evil. They're just misunderstood and the humans are horrible racists. Yeah. <sighs> Speaking of racism. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Those themes come back in this section hard. Yeah, at the end, it comes back a lot harder but i do like some subtleties of it uh the way they talk about it uh for one there's a episode where the humans and monsters play quote-unquote cornball which is just some made-up sport no one actually knows <laughs> here in ohio <laughs> here in ohio <laughs> but uh it's supposed to be the first cornball game where monsters and humans play together but of course, all none of the adults can get along. However, all the kids who were brought to the game are actually in leave the stadium and go to play just by themselves all together. And I just I do like the message there of like, even if adults right now are garbage and yeah. racist, the younger generation the kid, will be there. <laughs> the younger generation, there's some hope. <clears throat> no and, social commentary whatsoever. Luckily, this is a kid show, which means it's not political. Yes. Way. Um, <laughs> I also like later when um, Muni is getting attacked by the giant robots, Star goes to the village, which her mother's village, which is all full of the older generations, and they've just closed themselves off again, trying to go back to their old shitty racist ways. Yep. It's like, yeah, you sometimes can't change these people, and it sucks. Actually, uh, I just remembered because uh, Sailor Moon lives, sadly. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that death was pretty fucking gruesome. I would have liked it more if they just stuck to their guns and kept her dead. Because that was <laughs> that was yeah, arguably worse than Toffee if she would have just stayed dead. <laughs> yeah, it, it felt more brutal. But getting mauled by a horse while drowning. Like, Jesus. Also, her totally not political speech at the end of saying that even if she died, her ideas will stick around. Yeah, that's 
That's a scary thought. Sound familiar? <laughs> no, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, it's okay. It's just a kid show. It's just a kid show. <laughs> yeah, I I do like the way this show handled talking about race. That was a very yes, was very adult. It was. It was very adult, and they did it in a way kids could understand. Like, it, 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 I, I was just shocked, especially in season three when the themes became just completely overt. I was shocked that it even, like, attempted to tackle it, but not only did it tackle the racist themes, it handled it really well and had a really good message about it. Like, holy shit. <laughs> a really good and rather realistic message. Like, it was still optimistic, but it faced the reality of like, you can't just do this as yeah. one person. Yeah. You can't just do this as one person and it's not going to happen overnight. It takes time. <laughs> and giant robots and giant robots. Yes. <laughs> well, no way. You want to get rid of giant robots. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> it involves you destroying the structure of society. I, I'm just saying, cause they destroy magic, which is they do the whole way. The place where anyway, <laughs> Okay, moving on from that little awkward bit. Uh, moving on. <laughs> Sorry, that kind of went over my head for a second. <laughs> um, anything else about this season? Yeah, I think that's about it, huh? It kind of feels that way. Yeah. Just overall, characters were really well done. First half was a slog. When it got good, it got good. Once it's, you hit episode 14 onward, it's great. Yeah. It, it is definitely the weakest season of Star. It is. Oh, because of those, uh, like, 12 or 11 mm. episodes, how many ever it would be. It's just... That drags. <laughs> There's no drag. way to put it. Yeah, that that is the weakest part of Star is the first half of this season. So, um, But yeah, uh, when it's good, it's really fucking good. So it's still worth watch. Just be prepared for the first part <laughs> yeah so. be prepared to drag yeah um and just stars a whole because we finally got through this yeah overall still a really fucking solid show like the fact that it's a, it was as good as it was for as long as it was i still think elevates it because you know the weakest part was the first half of the fourth season other than that the show's fucking fantastic yeah if your worst part of a four season show is half of one season yeah that's that's fucking golden. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. Overall, the show is fantastic. It, it, it went places I did not expect it to go. And, you know, we kind of knew beforehand because some people had said, you know, oh, this gets like Gravity Falls levels of heavy. Um, we arguably it was a little worse during season three. <laughs> yeah, I would debate this show gets heavier than yeah. Gravity Falls. I don't know which <laughs> I like more. That is a whole longer yes. debate. But but this overall was a fantastic fucking show that needs a release. Shout Factory when? Shout Factory, I will pay a hundred dollars yes. for the complete series on Blue. I would too. Like, please make it happen, please. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> like, yes, you can legally watch it and stream it on Disney Plus for right now. But what if they take it off? Also, what if you live in an area where internet isn't that? isn't fast yeah exactly we actually talked about this in a topic episode it came out <laughs> you should go listen to it if you want more on that subject we recommend checking it out <laughs> yeah it, it was uh two weeks ago yes so. yes yeah 
and you can... I forget what movie episode would be next. Yeah, it's okay, but you can watch it on our YouTube and in streaming places everywhere. It's all in the description. <laughs> Shameless plugs are fun. Shameless plugs are fun, especially when it's your own show. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, just as a whole, yeah, a fucking amazing show. I did not expect it to get this fucking heavy, and it went places I didn't expect, and that just elevated it so much. Like you told me, a show Star vs. Force of Evil is going to talk yeah. about systemic racism and do it well. I would not <laughs> yeah. have believed you, honestly. Especially you know, since the tone in the first season was just one-offs and getting used to the characters, and it was way more jokey. But man, does it take a left-hand turn! Like that third season, just boom fuck you <laughs> not to mention how well it handled uh, i know we already said this but how well it handled throughout the show a will they won't they relationship yeah and it did fucking suck <laughs> those usually suck and those are usually really hard to get through but this one is one of the few that handled it really well and it was understandable knowing both of the characters so yeah i do understand the complaint of some people of that they would have liked to see a story where they didn't get together mm -hmm. the idea of actually dealing with that that uh reality that sometimes happens where it just doesn't work out mm -hmm. that that is something that i would like more shows to cover or even like adult or kid shows but yeah for now, it was still super satisfying, especially that ending of them just saying hi oh, and it's so... it feeling so nice. Oh, so good. Oh, it really pulls at your heartstrings. It's a really nice ending. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I know a lot of people were mad that they got back together, but it was handled very well, and I was fine with it. I do find it weird. Uh, this is something I didn't bring up last season because I didn't notice it until this. Uh, they took off the lesbian flag colors on Star I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know if that was a studio thing. That's just weird to me. Yeah, it just kind of disappeared after a while. So <laughs> It disappeared either season three or season... Yeah, that's odd to me. Or maybe that's the Disney Plus version. Maybe they censored again like they did with Gravity Falls, oddly. That, too. That could make sense. But then why have it in the first two seasons and then it just disappears? Because Disney is stupid. Like... <laughs> I still love that they like censored it on his hat, but not in the intro. They Alex Hirsch pointed that out, like they missed it. <laughs> so it's like, what even is the point? Yeah, there, on Grunkle Stan's hat, there's a so there's a symbol that I think relates to uh, a part of Muslim religion. Yeah, I think it's Islamic. Islamic. Uh, sorry if it if that was very insensitive. I apologize. <laughs> I did not mean. <laughs> anyway, it, it was a religious symbol and. So they censored it, even though it's what a, it's dumb. You can yeah look into it. This is why this is why we say go buy the Blu-ray from Shout Factory. <laughs> Do that. It's also just a very nice Blu-ray. There's nice commentaries behind the scenes stuff in the case. Yeah. Well, not only are there nice commentaries, there's commentaries for every single episode. Yeah, it's cool. It's great. Um, but yeah, that was Star versus the Forces of Evil. Definitely a high. I think I highly recommend for both of us. Yeah. Yeah, I. If you have Disney Plus, give it a watch. Absolutely, highly recommended. So, <laughs> while you're waiting between seasons to watch She-Hulk, to Jessica Jones, that's that's all I want Disney Plus for. No, I am excited for She-Hulk. She-Hulk's gonna be really rad. 
I always like the design of that character. Yeah, I know you. You you're, you specifically are really excited about that. That's awesome. Because <laughs> I actually want to know more about the character. I always like the. She's hot. <laughs> you're gonna have to say it one more time. I always really liked the. Then you broke up for like ten seconds and just said she's hot. Yeah, that's it. No, that that's basically it. All right. <laughs> I, I also just want to know more about her. Yeah, right. As a character. It's fine. I I also find her hot. It's cool. <laughs> She can bench press a car. That's so hot. I like anyway. I like muscles. What can I say? <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I think that's it, huh? <laughs> we have a wheel. We I, have I was wheel. trying to I was trying to hit record on it. So we're not doing a short series. Again, I made this earlier, but we are going into our next long series. Yep. Since it, we honestly rarely spin this one due to us having to get through at least three seasons of a show. And last time we spun it, it was still 2020, I think. Um, uh, yeah, because it was July that we started, Star, yeah? Yeah, okay, so we did it. it's almost been a year. Yep. There was a lot of problems, and we did a movie month. It was a lot. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> the movies we have on here, I, not movies. <laughs> yes, long up. movies. <laughs> Very long movies. <laughs> several hours, in fact. More than The that. shows we have on here, we have... Well, I'll just go through them. We have Fringe, Samurai Jack, Breaking Bad, The Good Place, Gotham, Nikita. Le, Le Femme Nikita. Nope, nope, nope. No, it Nikita. is just Nikita. The movie is called... Le well, and, and there was a French show called Le Femme Nikita that the movie was based off of. So, mm. Where this is the so wait... So there was a TV show that inspired a movie, and that movie inspired a TV show. Actually, I think I think I have it backwards. I think there was the movie, then there was the original TV show, then there was the remake TV show. Okay. Uh, we have the Lethal Weapon TV series. We have uh, Ash vs. Evil Dead, Mr. Robot, Twin Peaks, and Preacher. Yep. <laughs> and I'd like to note, Cameron bought me Mr. Robot for my birthday, which, if you've been with us long enough... Ian of the East he also got for me, and I had to let sit on my shelf for almost a year or two because it was on the wheel. Hopefully that doesn't happen with Mr. Robot, right, guys? It wasn't right. two years. I think it was one year. Still several long, years. Still a long time. It, it probably felt like several years. <laughs> anyway, it is time. <laughs> two. Two. Spin. Spin. I was worried. I was worried. What we get? What we get? What we get? Our next series is a series neither of us have watched with Fringe. Ooh. Now, I want to get this out of the way because we've heard this. The first season is the worst season. Yeah, apparently Fringe gets off to a really rough and really rocky start, but then it finally finds its footing and becomes actually really good, people have said. so. Yeah, so we will see. Um... But within, before that, you can listen to the RTB series we've covered. We've covered Hannibal. We have covered, we covered part of the strain. That is the only show so far that we have stopped. Yeah, we dropped that. So <laughs> we dropped that. There's still the open and layer of if I think it was uh, 20 or 25 people, 25 separate people tell us to get back to it. We will. Yep. Please don't. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we have Fringe coming up. I don't know if we'll be splitting that in two parts or if it'll be one part. We will see. Mm -hmm. Uh, there is a movie next. We said it last episode. Go listen to that. Because 
head and out for we've mentioned this before yes and also you're breaking up super bad at the moment <laughs> fuck <laughs> i think we're back though so <laughs> okay um i said words hopefully you understood most uh, <laughs> uh i'm bad at ending things okay bye Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Cinema Roulette. If you want to interact with the show more, you can follow us on Twitter, at Roulette Cinema. If you wish to follow our hosts, Justin is at JK Pancake on Twitter, and Cameron is at Cameron Picks Inc. on Twitter. If you wish to watch a video version of the podcast, it can be found on the YouTube channel, CamCam. Cam. Thanks again to Teller's Place for making the base art for all of our thumbnails. And if you enjoyed the show, Please remember to subscribe or rate on whatever podcast app you use. 